create with France Sydney. Hello everyone, welcome to the show. This is Create with France and today on episode 136 we are going to talk about driving anxiety. How exciting, right? Studies made in the last 10 years have shown that uh, up to 15% of the population in the United States and in Europe suffer from a degree of driving anxiety. And the great majority of them are middle-aged women. However, this also can spread to other segments of the population. So I thought it would be quite an interesting topic to kind of have a look at and see. Can we add to this? Can we help anyone? So first of all, let's define what driving anxiety is. There are lots of types. There's also road rage part of this, but I'm not going to dwell on that because it's not really my special thing. Um, so I will just stick to the proper driving anxiety, which if medically and clinically defined would be a persistent and intense, continuous and regular fear of driving. There are many degrees of driving anxiety, so I'm just going to talk about general driving anxiety without that being clinical level. So even if you don't have it every day or all the time and in all types of roads and situations, that can still apply to you. Let's see if I can help you to define what's going on. Driving anxiety is this very strong fear that having an experience in the car is going to make you sick. You're going to maybe throw up, have a panic attack, or maybe just you feel like jelly legs or you feel like you want to avoid it. And this is very specific and different for every person. For some people, it could be that they can drive everywhere in their little town where they know every road and every turn and every stone. But if you tell them to go to the next town, they freak out. If you tell them to go to the highway or motorway or a place with like seven lanes, they absolutely avoid it. So they could be one type or they might not like very busy roads with lots of traffic. Other people have problems with junctions and roundabouts. They stop, they go, they stop, they go and they're not really sure what they're doing and so they start to freak out and when you hear people that they're, you know, honking their horn and so they remember the situation and it gets worse every time. Then we have uh, some people who are very worried about driving inside a tunnel or over a bridge, especially if it's a very high bridge or it's very old, maybe wobbly, and that is a problem for them. They will not go on that, they will take all the possible roads to avoid that bridge. And then we have those who avoid very long trips because they think they're not going to make it and they might encounter something very difficult they cannot overcome. And finally, there is at least one more segment of the population. That's the one that actually had a driving accident or knows of somebody that had one or they witnessed an accident. So they had a particularly emotionally strong experience connected to driving. And since that time, they cannot get themselves to, to drive without problems. The last category is the one of people who are very anxious when they're driving. They have to arrive at in the time that they have decided they have to be first. 
the fastest, they are very aggressive, they tend to have lots of accidents, they tend to shout and be angry. And this is a type that I'm not going to talk about today because I think they deserve a whole episode just on them, but I haven't done much research. So let's leave it for another episode, shall we? You will be surprised to know that in the last 20 years there have been a lot of medical studies conducting on, conducted on several people, maybe uh, very small studies, but still quite significant in their findings. So noticing that how many people have anxiety and uh, what kind of uh, therapies of uh, interventions they can have. So from a clinical point of view, what is there to help these people? So if you are interested in the medical literature about that, just Google that and you will find any study you want with some of the findings, but unfortunately there isn't really a solution given there, just observational studies. So take what you want from it and then move on. So how do we know that it's time to take action to modify our aversion to, to driving to be in a motor vehicle? Is when we see the result of this continuous and persistent fear that driving will bring us some danger, something negative in our life. And you will see that, you might notice that when you drive you get confused at junctions or before entering the motorway, you start going round around because you don't know when to come out of a roundabout, you might have people bumping on your car because you just don't know exactly what to do and when because you're becoming all flustered and the more you're flustered the more you lose concentration and so you become more and more anxious thus having more problems next time. This is one of the many examples. As the anxiety becomes more regular and you start to avoid the, the issue of feeling bad when you are in the car, you might realize you're causing anxiety to other people as a backseat passenger or you might pass frustration to other people that are with you, driving with you, or you are the driver, or you are together maybe in a coach, and you still get very worried about being in this coach. So there could be lots of different things, but one of the worst ones is that you simply stop driving. You only drive from your house to your local places where you go all the time, and you slowly avoid going to faraway trips and then to the next city, and eventually you're only driving in your own town, but uh, if you keep going like that, your brain will say, oh, yeah, you're fine, uh, you're much safer now, you avoided all this pain, and so you end up being stuck at home with a car sitting there, and you are taking a, a public transport, a way of getting anywhere because it just will not touch the car because it's becoming too much. One doesn't really know the extent of the problem until we see how many stories are there talking about the fear of driving. There is a website called ADA.org and you will see lots of stories where of the fear that happened to the people who have this type of anxiety and they can be based on many different things. For example, they have witnessed a car accident or something. They had a negative experience when they got lost, they couldn't find a way or there was a storm of a car had a problem. So, you know, it's one of those things, or oh, they have the typical anxiety problem of feeling trapped, they can't come out, there is a panic attack coming because maybe there is so much traffic and they can't get out of the car and maybe it's, it's too hot and they cannot uh, change lanes because they don't know how to do it, and so they think I'm going to have a panic attack, and from that moment they don't want to 
to do anything. And there are the people who think, oh my gosh, I cannot go any faster than 30 or 40 miles per hour or kilometers per hour if you're European. And they think I'm going to lose control of a car. And so they just cannot do that. They can't think of any way of solving the problem. So they're literally stopping the traffic and terrified of getting a fine because they're going so slowly. And so they're endangering the other drivers. And you can easily read hundreds of stories of people that were just fine and then suddenly they had a panic attack while they were driving and this was brought for example when they were crossing a bridge and they felt like they were fainting, they couldn't hear, hear anymore, their legs were numb and so you know it's, it's quite a frightening situation. Other people had experience like being stuck on the side of a highway but trying to, to do something and then, you know, something happened that they went absolutely blank and they couldn't do anything else. And so there are lots of problems going on. And then in the middle of this problem, they got stuck in the highway because they were thinking while driving and this panic attack came. Another story that I read was for, from a person that really enjoyed very long drives especially in the night and they went fast not a problem and then one day they were just driving on the freeway so it must be maybe in the states and suddenly this person felt really scared to keep going and he had to pull over and thankfully there was a friend in the car so this friend agreed to drive for the rest of the way and since this problem this driver completely avoided the freeway and so Eventually, this happened while he was driving just on a road, a normal road, on a B road. Then the, he started to avoid those roads and the problem came into the side street and now he's only able to drive in his own residential area and can only go 20 miles per hour and he's feeling humiliated, confused and frustrated. And when you see the comments of other people, they're all the same. This has started me and this problem started when there was a pandemic, there was lockdown, we were not driving anymore. When I started to drive again, I had the issue. And other people will add their stories that they're terrified now. They think they're going to completely lose control of, of the car. They feel lightheaded, they feel sweaty, their stomach feels awful. So I could go on and on, there are hundreds and hundreds of stories. And I can understand if you're a brand new driver or if you are very, very old and maybe your vision is not very good. Okay, I can see that, you know, it is quite normal. If you're new, the first year driving can be a little bit scary. But um, it is when people are otherwise healthy, this can really change their life. So it's important to talk about it because we're all different and we will all have different reasons why we cannot drive so let's have a look. Now that you think about just how many people have the same problem that maybe you have or a friend has or somebody you know not very well but they seem to have problems driving, you think, wow, that's quite an issue because the more we avoid driving because of the fear, the less we will be having those experiences and the more our fear will grow until we completely lose our freedom. And so... Is this connected to driving or not? According to many therapists, driving anxiety has nothing to do with driving per se. 
because driving anxiety is just a symptom. It's like the tip of an iceberg of, of a problem that is coming to you while you are driving. So it's important to understand that just getting back to the car, while it is good, you know, because it's necessary to travel, isn't a cure. But it could be a cure for somebody who simply doesn't have enough practice. So maybe the first thing to understand is why do we have this issue? Where is this issue starting up in our life of feeling anxiety? Are we normally an anxious person or are we living in a period of our life when we have a lot of stress, when we are under pressure to do something, when we are concerned, when we are feeling a lot of frustration? And when we're driving, we're a little bit in a state of trance, you know, with all, with all these automatic things, we, we drive in automatic pilot, <laughs> exactly. And a lot of emotions start to come out. And this can happen right there when we are driving. And this is why a lot of people experience anxiety while they were on the road. It's not about a car or the road. In many, many cases, it's just about some feelings that are just coming out from their mind and want to be addressed right away. So I would say that my suggestion would be the first thing to think about is when did this anxiety start? Do you have post-traumatic stress disorder from having been in an accident or being a witness to that? And so then are you playing this scene over and over in your mind? Or could it be that... You didn't have an accident, but you had a bad experience with driving, somebody shouting in your car and you got worried. Did you once maybe lose control? Did you have an animal crossing suddenly in the middle of the road and from that day you're worried that this will happen? So every, every problem is different, every cause is different, so you want to address them in a, in a way that is tailored to you and not just to a general anxiety problem or a general driving problem. Here is the thing, whatever the cause is from your problem, your mind's job is not to make you happy or to create a life that you want. Your mind's job is to keep you alive and safe. And so the mind will do everything possible to avoid pain and to go towards pleasure. So, always remember, when you are having a lot of panic attacks and things, there are lots of reasons for that. But if you listen to the panic attack and you start to avoid the situation, and I want to make an extension here. Yes, if you have a panic attack when you see a person who wants to abuse you, that is a correct response, okay? So that's normal. But if you have a panic attack when doing something normal, then there is a sign there that something needs to be seen by a therapist so they can help you. Like, for example, cognitive behavioral therapy is very good for that. And counseling might use that. Even I use CBT when I do RTT session is part of a program. So there are lots of ways of getting there. But just remember, there are lots of segments to look at. The important thing is that every time we listen to this alarm given by our brain, and we avoid the situation that would cause pain, we are confirming to the brain that the brain was correct, and so it will raise the alarm even higher next time. So eventually, the, the long trip of 17 hours going all the way to South Europe 
becomes impossible. The trip just from, you know, the south of England to the north of England becomes impossible. The trip from your city to the next city becomes impossible. And slowly, slowly, you have built so many walls around you to keep safe. And that's a problem of anxiety. You end up doing nothing because nothing is safe and you're just stuck in your room. You can't even get out of bed. So always be aware of, of these boundaries that are created by what you are believing that is not true because you are safe in the car the majority of people go and use a car every day and they come back in one piece so what is your mind telling you it's telling you something that is not true and the more stock you put into that the more those synapses will fire those neurons will wire together will fire together the emotion will come back and you will have more panic attacks so a panic attack is not just about driving but it's about what is going on in your mind what is the message that you are getting all the time therefore it is quite important that you research why you're having these panic attacks what are the feelings what are the sentences what is the chattering that you hear in your mind what is the voice telling you and that could be quite a key if you were to do a hypnosis session with regression for example you might be able to visit the event in the past where you felt the same and sometimes this event has nothing to do with driving it could be a time when you were feeling suffocating because maybe your bed linings were on top of your face during the night it could be something where you were abused or you were maybe um, treated quite badly by somebody who made you feel embarrassed and that something there has a connection with you not being able to express yourself or to breathe properly etc and you are stuck in a small place you can come out and guess what the car is one of the smallest places where we spend time could be quite claustrophobic for some people so maybe the panic attack is nothing to do with driving and all to do with small spaces which then in turn has to do with that initial activating event that has triggered the situation I do want you to think about two things. One, if you keep having panic attacks and if you keep avoiding driving, what is your future going to look like without using the car? What um, what are the things that you're going to avoid that you're going to miss out on because of this? So write a list of the things that will happen if you continue to live in this way and just don't be judgmental to yourself. Don't you know, just be curious about it and write down what's going to happen if I keep going like that. The second exercise you can do to ponder this topic better and deeper is to have a look and see how do I want to feel instead? How do I want to feel when I'm driving? Ask yourself what type of confidence you want, what type of breathing you want to see what type of enjoyment you want and write it down very clearly how you want your trip to be. I also want you to write another list and these are exactly the things that you are worried about. What is your fear when you are on that road? What is that you're fearing? Is that you're going to cause an accident? Is that somebody will cause that on you? Is that the, the car will go too far, too slow? What is exactly happening there? Write down what is the fear and if you don't know what it is, then listen to yourself and ask yourself, tell yourself, what am I fearing? And wait, because most of the times you will know, your subconscious will be able to tell you if you just keep calm and breathe deeply 
and relax and just listen to yourself. What do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? And just let it go and see what comes out. So now let's add an observation. Normally speaking, in the experience of a therapist, driving anxiety is not caused by normal driving. It can be caused by an emotion that from something that happened years ago, last month, 20 years ago, when you were born, but it's been triggered when you're driving. That's the number one thing. Number two, there is a pressure. You feel this pressure, this stress is building up, is building up, is building up, and then you have anxiety because it's a way of your body to, to shake you up and say, hello, listen to me, I've got a problem. And then the um, other problem that could be causing you a fear of driving is that your mind thinks, ah, ah, I have a really, really good reason for you not to drive because this is going to happen, that's going to happen, that's going to happen, so it's not good to drive. So whichever that is, these are the main three events. The emotional part is usually quite intriguing. You do know that by hearing a song or smelling something, you can be brought back to an event that happened many years before the day that you were driving the car. And that can trigger a lot of emotions that sometimes have not been processed completely and deeply and you have not accepted them. Maybe remembering that you lost a child or you had a divorce, you, you were fired at work, you witnessed a really bad accident, whatever that was, is playing again. And that's why this feeling that comes back to you while you're driving then gets attached to driving. So you have made this connection in your mind. And the mind is going to make this connection between the two neurons. And if you just have one event, but then you keep driving normally, that's fine. But if, if you then keep having a recurrence of this every time, so you're connecting the driving with remembering that for some particular reason, the road it looks like something familiar or whatever, then you will reinforce that feeling. The real problem with anxiety is that it's worried about the past and it's worried about the future. It sees everything as a black thing. But this, this event is not happening. It was something there in the past or it could possibly happen in the future. So your unconscious is doing a lot of talking and it's really illogical, but you believe it. And unconsciously, all this is very, very real and it will have an effect on your whole body. So you will see the heart racing or sensation of tightness in the stomach, etc., etc. So these are all things that you want to note down to talk to your therapist about. It is especially interesting for the therapist to hear if you are under a lot of pressure. Maybe you have a GCSE exams and the driving exam coming, or maybe you are in the middle of a divorce or you're looking after a person that is very, very ill. You might have a disabled child or you might be chronically ill. So emotionally, you are like in a pressure cooker and you feel like you're bursting. Maybe you have arguments, maybe you are in a toxic relationship. Whatever it is, your children are not doing well at school, whatever that is, this is there and it's coming to you while you are driving and you release that pressure, you're letting your steam out. And this happens through a panic attack or these sensations because the feelings that we do not express normally with words and writing and art, music, dance. So with our body, if we keep them inside, they do come out in very, very different ways. And one can be becoming very ill, for example, lots of 
diseases are psychosomatic, they are, they are you know, somatized. But another time it could just come like with an anxiety attack, a panic attack, because my body is trying to tell us something and we have to listen. There are also instances when it is the driving that has caused the issue. So maybe you were a witness of a car crash, which I've been. I saw a car crash right in front of me when I was driving my son back home. I didn't get PTSD, but we did help. We were there for over an hour to help the victims. It was quite a day, but every time I pass, I think, oh yeah, there was an accident, but I don't have a problem with that. But there are some people that have seen and they have felt really bad because of something that happened. Maybe we arrived at the junction and people almost crashed into a car because we didn't stop in time or we passed when it was not our turn to pass. And so in this split second when we avoided something, our heart sinks and the jelly legs ha- happen. And then every time we pass a junction, our mind will replay that negative feeling, will remind us that we ha- this happened. And so depending on how much attention we are paying to that feeling, then we will reinforce it and we will feel worse every single time. And this is worse when you are not a very confident driver because you know we all forget a little bit about driving and I'll talk about that I'll talk about this in a minute so my my intent here is to help you to have a good look at the situation and see is it the time to seek for therapy because it might be really really helpful for you to start living your life again and take control of what you can do and what you cannot do And instead of leaving that to your subconscious mind, which is just there to protect you from dangers. But sometimes a subconscious mind goes a little bit further and does far too much. And then you live basically in a golden cage. And that can become very much like a burden for people around you who now have to drive you everywhere because you are terrified of doing it. And yet logically you know that it's not too bad, but you can't do it. So let's go back to one of the topics and then we're almost to the end. It's 26 minutes already. One of these topics was how good are we in being confident when we are driving. Now, some people are 20 years old, they're just starting and so they're new and nervous on the road. After that, there is a period of time like 4 or 5 years, 10 years, when we are driving always the same roads. We don't find different signs on the road, different types of roundabout or intersections. We don't go to the motorway, especially here in Norfolk, there aren't motorways. And so there are not even stop signs yet to go like to another, another place to find a stop sign. So there is a high possibility that we forget what to do at the roundabout. Who has the right to go? What kind of road is a dual carriageway and what kind of road isn't? And what is the speed limit? on this road and on that road and how do I go on a motorway, all these lanes, how do I merge, what if people arrive very fast and they crash a car on me and as we get older, especially middle-aged women, says the medical literature, tend to have more problems and feel more aggravated, they don't want to do it, they feel it's stressful, it's too much. So how do you know if your problem is determined by lack of confidence in in the road rules. Well, when is the last time that you have looked at those rules? You know, there's a 
when a booklet that came out, the new one came out just a few months ago for Vina the Kingdom, and they tell you from page one how to operate your vehicle safely, what kind of lights you can use, where to stop, how to operate your vehicle when you are approaching a junction, whose turn it is to go here and there, all the speed limits, the national speed limit, which is 60 miles per hour here in the UK, and 70 on a dual carriageway and on the motorway, what type of vehicle can use the speed limit, and then it tells you about, you know, you have tickets, speeding tickets if you go too fast, even if you're like two miles over the speed limit, you will get a ticket. And some people have anxiety about that because oh, I can't remember the signs. Well, if you can't remember the signs and you are breaking the law because you, you're just guessing, then you might be actually danger to other people. So I'm glad that nowadays there isn't just a fun, you can take a course, they will remind you of these rules. But I think it's cheaper to look at all these signs and lights and, and things and remember how the whole thing works. So you can be a safer driver a much more confident driver and have more success going from A to B without endangering anyone else, enjoying the trip and knowing what you are doing. And this could just be the cause for so many people who can't remember the basic things about driving. I've always been interested in this because, you know, I was just 18 when I passed my driving test, now I'm 58, and about 10 years ago I realized that my then husband was like saying, oh, you know, as we get older, our reflexes are not very good, we're getting slower, we don't want to darken the night because our vision is not very good, and you know, when you get older, you're not very good at driving. It was really going on that. I was like, wow, yeah, we're getting older, and I was just losing all my confidence. I was starting to really freak out about the idea of going all the way to Kent, which is about three hours from here, and I was terrified of going to motorways and, and you know, it became so difficult even to go into a, to go to a place about 12 minutes from here. I wasn't worried. I was like, oh, let's go together. It's a lot easier if he does the driving. And slowly, slowly, I was literally allowing this anxiety to go. And, you know, I was driving. I never had an accident in my whole life. So, you know, that was good. And up to them, I never had a, a ticket for speeding or anything. And so I was a good driver. But maybe I wasn't as safe because... I wasn't revising how to do the things and I was allowing others to take over the driving. And so the less you do, the less confident you feel. That's a big thing in our life. We have to remember if we stop doing it, we lose it. So use it or lose it works also with driving. So to cut the story short, when I realized that this was becoming a problem, I decided to take advanced driving lessons with um, I am smart. And within a few lessons, I realized what was going on and what are the things that I should be doing that pretty much everyone should be doing. You know, understanding your position, your information you get from the road signs and the lights and the trees, and then preparing for your gear and your acceleration in the end. It was a very nice, simple system, which is the same that is taught for blue lights and, and police. They learn with the Iron Smart system. And I loved it, and I just got all my confidence back. And um, since then, I've been several times to Kent. I've done long trips, three, four hours in the car. I just go everywhere. I keep my nice speed. And, um, you know, I'm not saying I'm the best driver in the world, but certainly I do not have any driving anxiety anymore because now I remember and I frequently revise the signs and what to do and when. And sometimes, you know, I get it wrong and I'm like, oh, yeah, I thought it was him. No, it's me now because of that. So that's okay. Nobody's perfect, but 
at least I'm not spending the day thinking, oh my gosh, I have to go in such and such place and I really do not have the courage. No, that is not allowed anymore. I have to be out of the road and I wanted to be free and so I took the course and I got myself sorted out. Now, of course, you probably remember all your signs and things very, very well, so that's fine. And your problem is only an emotional problem that is coming out as you drive, as you are in the car. So after you have worked out where it comes, when it comes from, when did it start, how many years ago, what were you doing, what was the event that triggered all this, and you thought about how you wanted to be different. Actually, I want to expand a little bit on this. I want you to do this. You worked out all your past and what's going to happen if you don't stop being so anxious. So now I want you to really think how you want to feel when you're driving. Visualize that and think that there's something good that you want to think about, right? Okay. And then think, what can you actually do to stop this anxiety? Would you need some more driving tuition with a friend? Would you need to go for a drive with somebody and try new things? Would you need to watch, for example, um, Reg Local? He's a really, really good driver and he teaches on YouTube. Reg Local, R-E-G, Local. He teaches you, you have a car there, the gears, the position, the IPSCA system from an IM Smart is amazing and it's all free. You can watch and see what is the thing that makes me scared. What is the, the part of the driving that I don't like? But if your problem is like the tunnel, it's the bridge, then it's very emotional, isn't it? Very sandy in there. So go and seek for a therapist. Hypnosis is good. CBT is good. I mean, there is so much choice. You can look for one that you can connect with and, and feel that you can be listened to and validated, but you can get those results, you know, and that's, that's an amazing thing to know that. And you want to visualize that as well, that you go and see the therapist, you go and have one or two sessions and you do your homework and things get really really good and the problem is going to be part of your past and that is amazing and you can do that as a side thing but very important notice your breathing because many people myself included keep forgetting how to breathe properly deeply and in a relaxed way so they have enough oxygen to function properly when you're in the car make sure you have your air fresh air air conditioning whatever you have all your accident do not cut off the oxygen supply. Even 10% can give you a headache. It can give you less clarity of mind. It's very, very important not to drive with something covering you so that you cannot breathe. You know, take down that scarf. Make sure you are breathing properly. You want to be as clear as possible in your mind. And you want to be breathing properly. So you want to inhale with the um, nose and exhale with the mouth. So make sure you know box breathing, things that I've talked about it so many times in my previous podcast. Breathing properly is the number one thing that signals to your brain that you are fine. You are confident, you're in control, you are calm, you can do this. If you allow yourself to do shallow breathing, fast breathing and all the other stuff, you will be giving the signal that you are worried and the things are not under control and this will or might cause a cascade of events that lead you to feel very tight and very worried. And this is the last thing you want to do when you are inside a car. Okay, so I hope I've been helpful 
too late to just ponder and consider what are your choices now if you want to get rid of these anxiety episodes while you're driving or even before you, you do that. It could be you want to seek for a therapist and have a session. Or maybe the person is me or maybe it's another person. And maybe you want a therapy and you want to learn relaxation exercises. Or maybe you want to also work with somebody who is very good at driving and they can help you to just refresh and revise and see maybe some techniques you're using are making you feel a little bit more tight than you would like to be. So maybe work with both things together because there is no such thing as driving anxiety on its own. Most of the times there is something else going on. But if it's just the driving style, you can fix that as well. Anxiety per se normally can be fixed in one to two sessions. I do have a special program that if you are fit to work with me, I'm going to talk to you about and it's based on NLP, CBT, hypnosis and coaching and it goes all around any problem you might have that is causing anxiety and it will help you to get back to the car or if anxiety is about something else, it can help you to be back in control with your with your emotions because anxiety is really being unable to regulate both emotions consciously and subconsciously so let's talk about it if you are interested and thank you so much for being today a very good listener and i hope if you have questions that you will be able to send me messages i'm always happy to help thank you again for being with me share this episode with your friends if you think it's going to be useful and I'll see you next week. Take care. Bye. You've listened to Create with Franz Sydney.